This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. My name is Joe, and with me today, as always, is Eric and Doug. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> I like your energy coming in. You sound like a, a wrestling announcer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and it's Joe and Doug and Eric. I like, like I'm feeling pumped yeah, up, that's, that's the point, because this movie's like not going to get you there. Oh, shit. <laughs> right out of the gate. Yeah, I. Well, we'll get there, but yeah. I, I was telling Doug earlier I hadn't watched this movie in maybe twelve years or so, if wow. I'm guessing, and uh, I have mixed feelings about it. We'll 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 discuss it. It was like it felt like two different people wrote this movie. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. Yes, some together, brothers or something. Almost, two brothers or something. Almost four different people wrote this movie. Kind of. Okay. okay. Well, that's get into that. I got the vibe. Speaking of like, four yeah. people, oh, we got true. a guest today. We're a plus one. Yeah. All right. Who, who, who do we got, Doug? No, you you need to introduce the business. How this works? You don't just ask them who they are and then they awkwardly sit there. You got to give them like the really? big buildup, like hailing all the way from somewhere in Arizona where they don't celebrate <laughs> daylight savings times because they're intelligence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Joe did it for me, but yes, we have a special guest today. Um. Mark, uh, Mark and I worked together yeah. and when he heard about the podcast while I was, uh, shamelessly plugging it in a uh, team meeting, <laughs> he immediately asked if, uh, he could do an episode and he actually, he, he suggested the matrix, which is one of my favorite movies. So, uh, we got it lined up nice. and we're happy to get it going. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. And, uh, yeah, someone in Arizona where we don't recognize daylight saving time, <laughs> Which is great for us, except for the fact that everybody else uh, that calls from other parts of the country will go. Now, are you two hours, you know, ahead of me or three hours <laughs> exactly. behind? Like, they can yeah. never keep it straight. We have to keep it straight for them. But that also means we don't have to go around setting our uh, our times on our ovens and microwaves back an hour, <laughs> or up an hour. Yeah. Well, you know what the trick is: is to not do that because eventually it'll be right again. If you're yeah, patient and lazy. True. It'll it'll yeah. it'll sync up yeah. once again. That's what my That's Christmas what light said. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, no. I, I I asked Doug about it, and I am I am a movieholic, and my girlfriend definitely says I have a problem. I seem to only communicate through movies. Like we'll have a conversation. Go, you know, that's just like this movie, and like this character did the same exact thing. Like I I, nope. I know I have a I have a problem. No, that's but, exactly um, what we do around that's, here. That's that's so. not a problem at all. That's no. a that's no. a way of life. Welcome to the tribe. <laughs> now, now, uh, since you're from Arizona, you did. Um, have you ever been to the real biodome? No, no, uh, breaking my heart here. Yeah, yeah. you'll find no, but I, I did, I did go to that. There's a, uh, I got to forget exactly where it is, but there's like a gigantic crater. Oh, I've been um, there before. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a nice little museum. I mean, it's one of those things once you've done it once there's never yeah. a reason to do it it's again. just like a giant yeah. fucking hole it's like it's a it's a gigantic hole yeah it's, that's <laughs> yeah. and it's in the middle of nowhere it yeah. takes forever to get there there's this long road that must go on for like it probably takes like off of the main highway it's probably like a good 45 minutes to an hour yeah. just to get after driving two and a half to three hours you have another 45 minutes just to get to the freaking place it's crazy yeah they, uh, they filmed starman there with jeff yeah, Oh, oh shit! Okay, yeah, I've been, I've been to that one. I've been out there before. I, I see. When I was a kid, all of my our vacations were to the desert. So literally, it's like <laughs> we're going to Nevada, we're going to Arizona. Well, the opposite of Florida. We're going sense. to Utah. We're going to like Southern Colorado. Like I'm like, can we go somewhere else? <laughs> like, I'm kind of jealous. I've never really been to the desert, and my fantasy is I don't know if anyone offers this service, but like you take a tour where they just leave you in the desert, and you get like 
like they're waiting for you like a couple of miles ahead, but you get the feeling of being stranded. So they give you a little mm. bit of water and you got to walk. And right around the time that you're like sunburned and ready to give up, they pull you into like a van. They're like, all right, good job. We can, like, we can work this out, Eric. Like <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. take a road trip out there anyways to go see Doug when he moves to Vegas. That's yeah, true. but but That's you would true. just leave me there. Like, oh, you I would not. No, <laughs> there are other people I might, but not you. That's true. I agree. I agree. Okay. There are people that yes, there are people that Joe might leave, but he wouldn't leave. We us. don't talk yeah, about you, Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're forgetting about the time that Joe almost uh, mugged me while I was sitting. Uh, <laughs> right. That's yeah. true. Well, I didn't pull the gun out. I just opened your door really fast. <laughs> yeah, that was uncalled. Yeah, then. Well, man, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you brought this movie to the table. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what it means to you and why you wanted to dive into it on this episode. Well, I was, I guess I was kind of interested that I was, it was interesting that you guys hadn't covered it. Uh, so I was like, wow, that's, that's, I would think of all the movies that would be covered. This is one of those I mean, it's one of those iconic films. I mean, I, I hadn't watched it in a while. I'd definitely been more than not 12 years. <laughs> it's probably been, maybe I haven't watched it in like maybe four or five years. I don't really remember, but um, I kind of feel like it's one of the, one of those seminal moments in cinematic history. Like uh, it was star Wars. It, it didn't have the same longevity, obviously, but it what is one of those movies that changed cinema and, how people looked at certain films. And I mean, it, it gave way to me a lot. Uh, it was kind of, you know, Michael Jackson inspired a bunch of artists to do their thing. Right. And I feel like the, uh, the matrix did the exact same thing. And uh, it's obviously controversial, but I still say the first one is the better of, of them all and pretty much better of everything. But, um, but uh, I don't yeah, think I, that's controversial, man. I, I think, <laughs> Well, I think it's controversial because of the philosophical aspects of it. And and once you got to the second and third films, it was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't really remember the plots of the second and third films. (laughs) So, but, but that might just be speaking to the impact that the first one had. I mean, it it was, it was kind of a game changer, especially like the late nineties, man. Like that was prime real estate for, um, we're going to try new things with visual effects and you know wasn't uh, wasn't part two just ready player one? <laughs> <laughs> oh god but it's uh, quite yeah, possible I, I don't know man i i'm 30 minutes fresh off of a watch of this movie um hmm. doug take us there man because all right oof. yeah no segue this time because we we opened up with it so uh yeah we are i'm, I'm uh, sorry we could do yeah. a sec here's the segue right. ready yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I pulled that clip just for that. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, definitely. Glad. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, so we're doing the Matrix. Uh the Matrix came out in the United States on March 31st, 1999. Um, it's written and directed by the Wachowski brothers, who are now the Wachowski sisters. So that's why we mentioned it might be um four instead of two people that wrote this, because there are um there are little there's a couple of Easter eggs that want the main one that didn't happen, which we'll get to um, referring to them, even at that time, thinking about, you know, transitioning um, and, you know, 99, it's not that long ago, but it's really long ago when it comes to uh, being open about that. So that reminds me of that, that meme I see all the time that it's closer to 2050 than 1919, 1990. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was, as we've learned from some of the movies that we've reviewed from around that time that did not age well, uh, things were different back then. So anyway, I also um, like to think of this as a far distant future sequel to idiocracy. Yeah. It's actually, uh, it's actually been suggested. It's in the same universe as uh, Terminator. Oh, really? Yep. Well, yeah, there's, there's definitely more on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might, yeah. We'll probably get into. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all right. So just a couple of quick facts before we start uh, with the movie. Um, so it's the studio. One thing, one pet peeve I have with this flick is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of explaining a lot of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. explanatory dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the studio. The Wachowskis were very pissed at this, but the studio insisted on it because they just didn't think anybody would get it. Um, mm. And, you know, they're somewhat right, depending on what part of the country you're talking about. But oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, yeah, they were the ones who insisted on that. Um, 
Really cool. In 2012, the Matrix was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry archives. So nice. um, for being culturally, historically and aesthetically significant, which it definitely touches on all three of those. Um, and they have said uh, the Wachowskis said that a lot of their or some of their inspiration from the movie came from the manga uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, now that is a good story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not that familiar with that. So I don't know how it ties in. I apologize. But uh, yeah, well, I, I can I can I can touch on that a little bit. I'm familiar. All right. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So we're going to get to the movie now. Uh, we open up to what we would think is the typical Warner Brothers and Village Roadshow logos that we know and love from all the movies that we watch. But uh, in this case, they are both cast in a very iridescent green. Um, you know, there's some cool music playing in the background, synth music playing in the background. And then on screen, some strange characters appear uh, running vertically down the screen. And then now we're going to start it with a clip. All right. And just, just be careful. Those aren't strange letters. It's called Japanese writing. Well, it's not just Japanese writing. Some of it's from a sushi, I think a sushi uh, cookbook. But Yes, it is. Uh, it's from a Japanese cookbook. Not, not all of it is. But anyway, go ahead. Is everything in place? You weren't supposed to relieve me. I know, but I felt like taking a shift. You like him, don't you? You like watching him. Don't be ridiculous. We're gonna kill him. You understand that? Morpheus believes he is the one. Do you? It doesn't matter what I believe. You don't, do you? Did you hear that? Hear what? Are you sure this line is clean? Yeah, of course I'm sure. So, yeah, in that opening sequence, uh, we hear a phone call between two people that we don't know yet, but we'll come to know and love and not love um, talking about, uh, you know, mentioning other characters and if the call is traced, things like that. So, um, you know, it sort of sets us up for what's to come, but it doesn't really reveal much to us. Um, we go from that into our basic opening scene uh we see a group of police officers uh conducting a raid on a rundown hotel uh it's called the heart of the city um they kick in the door to room 303 to find a lone figure sitting at a desk and uh the camera pans around and we see that uh it's trinity we don't know that yet but i'm just going to lay out the names uh carrie ann moss plays trinity uh we know her from jessica jones the defenders iron fist um and I've said it before, but everybody talks about how Keanu Reeves doesn't age. Carrie Ann Moss does not age. Okay. No, not at <laughs> she all. looks the same today, even more so than Keanu. Yeah. The same today as she did for, in this movie. And uh, it's what I, I want to know her secret, really. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they tell her to put her hands up and she complies. She's still sitting in a chair, but she raises her hands. Um, we jump back outside in an unmarked car pulls up and three agents and we'll learn more about agents, but three agents get out. So they're playing clothes, you know, some kind of, you know, police presence as far as we can tell so far. Um, the lead agent, his name is agent Smith played by Hugo weaving again. Um, Lord of the Rings, V for Vendetta, Megatron's voice, red skull, you know, we, we know him and we love him as well. Um, he reprimands the police lieutenant for sending his team in and the lieutenant sort of laughs him off um, and says, no, they're arresting her now. And, you know, uh, Smith's comment is no lieutenant. They're already dead. Um, and they're not wrong. Uh, he's not wrong. Uh, we jump back into the hotel room. Um, the cops move in to arrest Trinity, who does exactly what Agent Smith said she do. Um, such a cool opening action sequence. I mean, um, this is what initially shows off uh, the, the cutting edge effects that you talked about, Mark, um, you know, game changing effects, you know, um, to me, similar to the stuff that happened in Jurassic Park. I know that's going to hurt you, Joe, but um, <laughs> I'm just saying it really helped advance computer generated effects in movies as Jurassic Park did in 93. This in 99 changed 
you know, movies. Um, here's, here's my argument. Cause I, I half agree with you, hmm, but where okay. I think, I think a movie like Jurassic park showed a lot of restraint with it. This one's like the, this blowing one its like, load everywhere. <laughs> look what we can do. And some of it does hold up. I will admit but some of the CGI holds up. But a lot of it, of it doesn't. But again, all right. You know where I'm going with this guys. I know. Just sit I know. in your chair, eat your popcorn and shut up. <laughs> Yeah. forget let's, what let's held up it. and didn't hold up let's watch every right. fun house mirror effect we can pull <laughs> okay all right oh so so invalid it's not funny but we'll move on uh, <laughs> this movie's invalid <laughs> yes okay uh all right uh so yeah trinity just i mean she decimates i don't know how many how many officers are in there but she just easily takes care of them um Trinity then takes out a cell phone and uh, calls Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Mystic River, John Wick, Blackish, Apocalypse Now, and even Pee Wee Herman. Again, <laughs> we know him and we love him. Uh, he's been around forever. He's been a part of my cinematic life for a really long time and an excellent actor. And <laughs> a little bit of trivia. He's one of the, one of the, the cast that actually got and understood the script when it was given to him. Nice. Um, a lot of the cast just scratched their head. They 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 did they did the movie obviously, but um, Lawrence Fishburne had no questions. He completely you know completely did it because apparently he's like a metaphysical dude in real life. So he he sort of got it, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so Morpheus tells Trinity that the hard line has been cut, so she needs to find another exit, and then also warns her that there are agents on site. This you know. Definitely uh, upsets Trinity, and we'll find out why. Um, she heads up to the roof, uh, jumping from building to building with cops and agents chasing her. Um, very cool visuals, including, you know, Trinity diving from one building to another in a Superman pose uh, to bust through a window. Um, that scenery, those rooftops were part of a set that was also used for Dark City. Um, I was going to say it was is, leftovers from a different movie. Yeah, uh, which is another movie we need to do because that's a great movie. Yeah, right? Yeah, Dark City. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, so Trinity makes it outside to a phone booth, which is the exit that we're going to learn about, um, just as a garbage truck screeches to a halt. Um, we see that the driver sort of transforms into the aforementioned Agent Smith. Um, so, you know, we know something's something crazy is going on. Um, Trinity runs towards the phone booth as the truck accelerates towards it as well. She picks up the phone as it rings. And at the same time, the truck hits the booth, obliterates, it goes through the wall. Um, and then we're going to run another clip. Informant is real. Yes. We have the name of their next target. The name is Neo. We'll need a search running. Has already begun. Yeah, so um, you know, we learned that there is informant, there is a mole within the team that we're going to meet and uh you know that's obviously a concern for everyone um the, the payphone yeah. being like their way out yeah yeah makes me feel so old it makes me feel <laughs> old in the way that like back to the future too when they go to the future they're using fax machines yeah yes. i look at that yeah. now i'm like oh my god like well just- it also is one of those things that it's the future there's no fucking payphones <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but you know, this that's this explained film, very easily later in the film. Yeah, I mean, of course, but just just that it exists and it was such a common thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, to be reminded of like just how commonplace that was, it's like, oh my oh, god. Oh no, there is. I mean, there's a lot of dated stuff. It, it, it's, you know, as much as this movie is rooted in tech and technology, it's very dated stuff, and even the explanations for things are are you know sometimes a little silly. Um, sure, sure. Because again, we're we're you know we're looking at over twenty years ago, you know. So, um, 
But I think that's one of the things that that also makes this such a, uh, uh, to to me, it really sets the movie apart because you you think about certain films and you go back and obviously a lot of things don't really hold up, but they did for the era that they were, they were done in. Uh, You think, I mean, obviously you can't make, I was just having this conversation. You can't make, you can't remake Saturday night fever today. Right. (laughs) Right. It's, I mean, the, the, the style, the music, the dancing, it's just, so it's you could never really say, well, this movie doesn't hold up. Well, no, because it was a movie for the era. Forrest Gump uh, is another example, right? Where, you know, during that time, they had all these different events that happened around the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, the Watergate scandal and all those things happen. But and they kind of certain movies just kind of happen in a vacuum. And the stories are designed for that particular time. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, you know, the scene when they eventually, and we're going to get to it, but when they just use words, uh, like Neo's in the interrogation room with, uh, you know, Smith. And he's like, you know, uh, one life you, you help your, your landlady to take out her garbage. I'm saying the other life is in computers. It's like in com- who says yeah, in right. computers. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so exactly. when it's, like, it's certain, you know, bits of language right. and things that oh, just, yeah. it, it just, it will never translate. So you can show this movie to someone in yeah. 30 years. And I'm like, what, what, the, what does this, right. what the hell is this? I don't this know. is fucking stupid. And I do. <laughs> and I do. I, I absolutely respect the fact that that's why I think I'm more attached to this than yeah. Eric and Joe, well, because that's, that's like Doug watching Biodome 20 years after it came out and not being in like ever living that life. So he doesn't know what that's like. You can't relate to it. Oh but, no, there's, there's nothing. No, that's nothing like this. Yeah, that will never be 100%. anything like this. Cause okay. I watched no. this movie once when it first came out and thought it sucked. And I watched it once now and it still sucked. Right. Oh man, Joe coming oh in hot. No, I we knew Seriously. he would. He's listen. He's he's down in the angry bees. Of course, he's going to be a cranky. <laughs> it's it's because these I don't know, just these stupid fucking blockbuster movies that everyone loves. Like everyone loves like Justin Bieber. It doesn't make his music good. <laughs> no, I understand that, but Biodome's not in the Library of Congress, and this is <laughs> it should be okay. It's in the garbage pail in the Library of Congress. Either that, or it's in the toilet where someone purposely well, pissed is, on it. But Someone it isn't in the Library of Congress. This one is. Yeah. You could not like the movie. I get it. I'm sure there's right? other stuff in there that's terrible, too. Okay. I yeah, Okay. I mean, to, to Donald Doug's Trump's point. in the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a Disney move. Point taken. That's a Disney move. But to Doug's point, this movie is smart in the way it gives itself an out where this is a fabricated reality, so it's whatever we exactly. wanted it to be. Yeah. It will hold up until 2199 if, right. if we're all still alive. The thing It'll, is, the idea behind it, like the story behind it, is a good story. It's just the execution is not very good. Uh, I, Joe, you're you're reaching. You're using your defense lawyer tactics here, and you're creating I, I arguments like that are completely invalid. The, I like the idea of a story where you wake up and you're in something like that you can't explain maybe like a Truman show type thing where, you know, you're in some weird world that you didn't know you were in this whole fucking time. And then you can make the choice to go into the real world, which completely sucks or stay in your fantasy world, basically fucking Truman show once again. And weird fucking like squids are attacking a spaceship you live in that. I don't know. Yeah. That's strange. That's so strange. They just, they really? went like they, they could have kept it more grounded in reality instead of making it this crazy fucking stupid know, shit. Cause like a, a cyborg from the future that comes back to kill a younger version of someone that's perfectly and reasonably acceptable. But this, hey, no, I didn't get Terminator a high right. fucking score either. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? I don't even know where the fuck I am right now. I gotta, I gotta look at my notes again, guys, because I have no idea where I am. You talk about derailing something. Grabbing the steering wheel, jerking mm-hmm. the wheel, mm-hmm. right? Jerking the wheel. So, all right. So anyway, we see. You know, we 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 hear about the mole. We hear that they have the name Neo. So this is who they're going to be looking for. Uh, the end of this scene is really cool because uh, the camera zooms in on the broken phone, um, the receiver, and it basically follows this green, you know, matrixy path right into Neo's apartment. Um, so here we do meet Neo. Um, he is sleeping, you know, at his computer desk. Um, he was searching some stuff. Um, one of the search uh, windows was looking for 
in information on Morpheus. So, I mean, he's got some inkling that something's going on. Um, and Neo's played by Keanu Reeves. Uh, say no more. I mean, John Wick, Bill and Ted, Speed, Point Break. The list goes on and on and mm. on. And for everything I've ever read, one of the coolest humans on the planet. So, um, yep, no, no beef with the cast. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly was about to pull clips from the movie Keanu and just play them because they're way more fun. Okay. Um, So he's still sleeping, but the screen goes black and then some text pops up telling him to wake up, which he does. Um, He looks up and sees this on the screen. He's obviously very confused by it. Um, The next uh, little scroll on the screen says the matrix is real. Um, And finally it says, follow the white rabbit. And uh, then knock, knock, Neo. And as soon as he sees that, there are there's a double knock at the door. So that scares the shit out of him. Um, he opens the door and he sees, you know, his friends or clients, uh, Choi and his friends. Uh, they've come to collect a SIM disc um, that, you know, Neo's a hacker, which is another very dated term. But at the time, that's what he was. Um, uh, for two thousand dollars, he's created this disc for them. And um, he gives it to Choi. And uh, it's interesting because here's where the Jesus Christ references really start um, flying. Um, Choi even says that, you know, he's, <laughs> you're my savior. You're my own personal Jesus Christ. You mean, um, you mean Jesus Christ? Yeah, exactly. Get it right. Uh huh. <laughs> my brother did not endorse this movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's with you, Joe. He didn't like this movie. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so we're already getting hints and, and we're going to see this develop not only through this movie, but all the movies. Um, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing right at the forefront. Um, now, Mark, I don't know if you know, but so are the Wach- do the Wachowskis have a problem with Christianity and that this is their answer mm-hmm. to it? Or are they just following a trope? I, I never really looked into it. Do you know? I, I can't say for sure. I mean, but I mean, I would. I know in terms of the uh, the LGBT community and their their um, conflicted relationship, yeah. I guess you would say with right. uh, with uh, with with the with the Christian faith or any faith mm-hmm. of that matter. Yeah. But really, what it comes down to, really, is is just wanting to be accepted, right? That's that's the reason they call it a pride parade because they they want to have pride right. in themselves, and, and it really comes down to that. But. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think they're trying to make any specific points. If right. I mean, you know, Superman has how many Jesus references do we need oh. for Superman, right? Oh, so, yeah. and the fact that Neo flies at the end, so maybe you right. know they just they tie it all in and sure, yeah, no, it makes sense. I just wouldn't, I wasn't, wasn't that sure. So, um, so the group invites Neo to come to the club with them. Uh, he he declines right away, but then on um, there's a tattoo on the shoulder of the girl there, her name is Dejour, uh, and it's a white rabbit. So he immediately connects it with, you know, you know, follow the white rabbit on the screen. And he says, yes, I'll go. I'll go. Um, and just a little side note, I forget the actress who plays Dejour, but she's, she's Australian. She was in an Australian soap opera for like 20 something years, like 2000 episodes. Oh my God. <laughs> she's credited with being in. So she was in this thing, like from the beginning, I think it's still running. It started in the early 2000s. So um, that was interesting. Yeah. And, and they, and they gave her like, they gave her like 45 seconds of screen time. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's exactly. an actress forever. And then they give, yep. they well, give just, her a minute and 10 seconds. Yeah. Just yeah. so everybody who hasn't watched this knows this is filmed in Sydney for the most part. So yes, that, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be, yeah. you know, a reason. Um, also, the, the club they go into later was a real Sydney club, and those are real club goers. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And they brought they brought their own like like be a, uh, what is it called S and M S and M yeah, yeah. Wow. clothing. Okay, yeah. that explains to me why that sequence felt so nineties. I mean, you <laughs> oh, know. very. Very. Uh, obviously, well, they, yeah. they 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 put they put out a call, and apparently people just came by, and they yeah they just all came with their own stuff and yep. various uh, uh, variations of undress and all kinds yep. of whips and gimp yep. costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the it, you're right, Eric. It's like the '90s version of Club Noir. In the <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, which is very very '80s. Um, no, you're absolutely right. It does. It, it it definitely brings you back to that. So, uh, really quickly. Uh, when Neo goes to get the sim disc, he opens up a, a hollowed out book called uh, I, uh, Simul- 
Simulacra. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. And Simulation. It's a it's a real book. It's very metaphysical and and touches on the alternate realities and and you know what's real versus what's not real, things like that. And it was required reading for everybody in the cast by the Wachowskis to read this book before the movie started. They had to read it to help them get in the mindset and understand at least somewhat the story that that the Wachowskis were trying to tell. I totally, I totally buy that because all of the AI singularity philosophical stuff that's pulled straight from the real world. Like that, this, yeah. this, when I said the script feels like it was written by two different people, it was like very smartly written when it comes to the artificial intelligence and, and yeah. everything that they're saying in that movie, you could pull from real life conversations that really smart people are having about it. And then the other half of it feels like, I just love Kung Fu movies so much. Right. You know, and, and but I wasn't mad that at that side of it either. Yeah, because yeah. I don't, what I don't understand is what is there not to understand about this movie? Like, how is it that difficult to figure out? <laughs> I mean, once you've seen it, like the story's not that difficult. How do they like not get it when they're reading the script and have the people well, who wrote it there? <laughs> again, you, you also have to, you have to remember what we touched on earlier is that today, it's not as complicated as it was in 1999 because the mindset was different in 1999 by a lot more than we give it credit than it is today. All right. People couldn't wrap their heads around that ship because they were, they were way more rooted in the standard thinking, you know, the religious thinking, even non-religious, but they were, people were just made way more focused on, you know, the American dream, so to speak. Not in the nineties. Yeah. The nineties was like party time. Oh no, no, no. That was for you youngins. (laughs) <laughs> for us adults, because I had all four of my kids when this movie came out. All right. It was different. All right. You were focused on, again, the conversation didn't really, you know, start to develop about this metaphysical stuff on in the mainstream where yeah. it's more it's more it's more open today with that. And they didn't, ah, so. give, they didn't give audiences any of the leeway or the credit that they do now. Like, this is not the Christopher Nolan era of movie right. making. Exactly. Like, we trust the audience's intelligence enough to figure this shit out. Back yeah. then, these studios were like, I don't know, you show this to some, like, housewife in, in you know, yep. Michigan. She's like, wait a second. Keanu Reeves was just as, in his apartment. Now he's in a spaceship. Exactly. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And, and, and yep. it was aired on the side of caution there. Like, You're absolutely right, Eric. And it goes back to my point earlier that it, that you want to talk about two different people writing it. it. It was, it was the Wachowskis in the studio. Yeah. Cause anything yeah, yeah. that didn't, anything that became, that was put in the movie that was just obvious explanation and stuff was all the studios doing. They required them to do it. I mean, yeah. Maybe they, that's what the parts I didn't like. Cause I liked parts no, of this I movie agree. and I did not yes. like, and I felt like I'm like being mansplained to, and this thing has just been yes. dumbed down. Like it's well, as no, dumbed yeah, yeah. down as it can Joe, be. Joe, you nailed it. You nailed it. Cause I yeah. agree with you. Cause like, that's why I cannot watch. I, I'm thinking any... if I read the book, I would probably enjoy the book quite a bit. Right. Right. But this, I can't watch any like police procedural shows because that's all they do in those shows. Oh yeah. They break down every single thing that happens just so the people that Eric described can understand it. And See, you're right. It, 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 it's almost insulting. That's and probably that like my done. problem with this movie. I, is and that. I respect that a hundred percent. I totally get it. I, I, blame like, Warner like Brothers. I, told you, I really like <laughs> the idea and the concept of it. It's the execution that drives me crazy. And I think that's probably what the part of the execution is. Yes. Isn't necessarily the acting or the, the yep. CGI parts that don't hold up to today. It's the, like just explaining to me shit that I know I can figure out. I can go. see. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know All what's right. going on. Why do you have to fucking tell me this? You read, yeah, but, but, th- you but think about, yourself. think about some of the action movies that were out <clears throat> around that before that time. I mean, can you think of any movie like in the, in the, in the late nineties, that wasn't it's just like, basically stuff blowing up and, you know, muscle like <laughs> commando Arnold, and Rambo. Arnold that's what I want. Right. But, 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 right. but that's, but I think, I think that when did bad boys come of, out again? No, that was 98, uh, maybe 90. Really? That was. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. So so you, you, you think about the sophistication of most action movies back then, which didn't require, you know, I mean, you could be, you know, you could have half a brain and watch it and have a great time and not really worry about the story. And this was the first movie of this kind of ilk with that. OK, we're not just going to do chop sake action. We're actually going to throw a little bit of, you know, physiological, sociological kind of different ideas yep. and themes and the audience. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. The movie comes out in 99. Consider the fact that the first podcast 
didn't actually start until like 2000. So right. people people doing this kind of thing right now, yeah. which seems like like normal, didn't happen until after that time. Right. And you think about special effects overall. Um, you know, now you could break out your iPhone and do probably most of the effects that happened oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the movie. But we didn't we weren't sophisticated enough. Now we we I almost sometimes kind of think back to those days and go, I kind of miss when I didn't know I was stupid. I didn't know anything about special <laughs> effects and and how they how they make the dude get over the building and right. how they and now we know. So now we're jaded. Mm-hmm. And oh, I've talked about this so many times on the cast. So because, so so yeah. now 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 we we're just like, well, pff, that didn't impress me. The, the I, I saw I saw a pixel out of place on the special effect, and it's <laughs> but but back back then, you know, you yes. were just kind of in awe, and it was it was like the magic trick, and now everyone knows sleight of hand, right? Oh, right? Yeah. And now now we're we're less impressed. So to, again, going back to your point, we had it kind of had to be explained because up to that point. Uh, you know, it was basically Jean Claude Van Damme flexing his muscles and doing right. windmill kicks. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, someone says, "What if we put put some thought behind it?" Mm-hmm. Well, see, so I love the idea of of Warner Brothers getting like eyes on the first cut of this movie, yeah. which I feel like was probably a little bit more cerebral, and just these executives sitting there like, "What the fuck did you guys do?" Like, <laughs> well, you know, it's dumb funny. this down because yep. you know. there's a story about that because. They they at the Wachowskis estimated about a sixty million dollar budget, which is what the movie cost. The studio gave them ten million, so they almost it was almost shooting this movie on spec. They had to finish the first opening scene and show the studio, and then the studio greenlit the rest of the movie. Oh man! So that was the pressure that was on them to get it done and get it done as right as they could. Um, so the studio had a lot to do with the the issues in this movie. You know, definitely. But I mean, what I heard, what I heard, they, they they wouldn't even give them the money for this until they did Bound. Like they actually presented yeah, the Matrix to them first, right? And yeah. then they said, "Well, look, look, guys, you guys are. We don't even know who you are. So, yeah, why, why don't we give you like three million dollars or whatever the hell the, the you know the right. budget was for Bound? You do that, and you know, be, and then we'll give you more money once you've proven yourself with at least yeah. something. But yeah, the, yeah. the studio had a, had obviously had a, a tight grip on them. Another great movie. I know, but when you think about other action movies that came out even before this, you had things like The Fifth Element, Starship Troopers, Mission Impossible. Like, all these movies had weren't just, you know, your kick blow-up shit movies. They had plots and things to them. And they didn't feel, like, forced. Like, this movie just felt forced. Like, it's still different. It's still, I agree. I mean, those are thinking man's or thinking people's action movies i completely and they came out years before this like two or three years before this but this movie was still different than anything that had been released as far as what it was trying to accomplish on an existential level so the studio was and and i agree i i think mark hit it i think the studio just at the bottom line is they didn't have complete faith in the wachowskis at that time even after bound bound was a great movie and you want to talk about special effects even though the movie like was kind of shitty phantom menace came out the same year as this Oh god! Which special effects wise blew this shit way out of the fucking water. Yeah, what was the budget though? It, it, what I'm saying it doesn't matter. Uh, it does. Yeah. When people are like, "This movie does. changed special effects," I'm like, "No, it, it did." Did someone fucking lean back and had some bolts go around him? <laughs> like that's like okay. the majority wow. of it. No one yep. had ever stitched together cameras and did what did what Joe, they were you, doing. You built yourself up with your previous speech, and then you just chopped like, you just the best. Act, the best like scene in this movie used practical effects, and that's when they had the fucking shootout in the corridor. That was all, all right. practical. Which which is which is actually where they that's where they got the ghost in the shell. Yeah, uh, at the, at yeah, the, yeah. the the end the end scene with inside of like some gigantic warehouse or something like that, <clears throat> yeah, where all the bullets are rattling off um, the stone pillars and everything else. That's where they got that, that they were inspired. By that. Yeah. Like that was to me is like the most realistic best scene in this movie. Yeah. But that's my argument against every CGI in every movie. I'm like, Oh, but the practical stuff looked better. Like, you know, it's, it's, but I mean the things. CGI stuff, they just, like I said, they did not like miss an opportunity to swing for the fences. And even though like they might've hit a couple like out of the park, the majority of them were, you know, caught in the outfield, <laughs> but it was, it was groundbreaking and it, it you know, it was definitely it, groundbreaking. Yeah. Whenever something's groundbreaking, it runs the risk of being like, you know, the V one of that thing yeah. where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, we can do this so much better. Which is now, why it but... opens itself up for future criticisms. Right. 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 I don't think that was, I don't think that's what they were thinking about 20 years ago. They didn't give a shit about what you thought. 
<laughs> oh, people don't give a shit about what I think right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do. I always do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Neo Neo accepts the invitation and they head to the club. So in the club, we've already talked about that's cool. Those, that was a real club. Uh, we hear a techno version of Dragula by White Zombie, which yeah. I, I actually I did like that a lot. That was very the cool. The soundtrack and, to this is really good. Yeah, yeah I was, was going to say the sound. The, the, yeah, the yeah. soundtrack, the songs, yeah. crazy. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so we got another clip. Roll it. Hello, Neo. How do you know that name? I know a lot about you. Who are you? My name is Trinity. The Trinity? That cracked the IRSD base. That was a long time ago. Jesus. What? I just thought, um... You were a guy. Most guys do. That was you on my computer. How did you do that? Right now, all I can tell you is that you're in danger. I brought you here to warn you. What? They're watching you, Leo. Who is? Please just listen. I know why you're here, Neo. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep. Why you live alone and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're looking for him. You know, because I was once looking for the same thing. And when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us here. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did. What is the matrix? The answer is out there, Neo. It's looking for you. And it will find you if you want it to. Uh, so, yeah, so Trinity, you know, again, she, yeah, she finds Neo in the club and she starts almost kind of teasing him about the matrix and, you know, wanting to learn about the matrix and Morpheus and everything, um, you know, definitely gets his attention. So um, it's a cool, you know, a cool initial setup and meeting between the two. Um, so uh, we move to the next morning where of course, Neo, who was worried about, you know, working today, he, he's late to work. Uh, so he gets into the office and his boss, uh, you know, dresses him down something fierce about being late and caring and, you know, knowing what's important versus what's not important. Uh, we learned that Neil's real name or his name in the matrix is Thomas Anderson. Um, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, cool little tidbit, the two window washers. Um, those are the Wachowski brothers at the time. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. the two of them. Um, they were Andy and Larry, and I know they're Lana, and I do not, and I apologize, I do not remember Andy's current name. Um, but yeah, and the suds were meant to symbolize the Matrix. If you look at the suds running down the window, they they run down in a similar pattern to the Matrix itself. So um, yeah, I knew it had to mean something, so I had to look it up. <laughs> it's it's not as deep as I thought, but it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool reference and a, and a little Easter egg in there. So. Um, it's uh, actually uh, the Wachowski. It's Lily is the uh, Lily, the, uh, yes. the other brother. Yeah. Lana, yeah, Lana and Lily and Lily. Exactly. Yeah. And um, all right. So he we uh, Neo's now at his cubicle, ready to start his day. Um, a delivery guy comes up and gives him a, a, a package. Um, and that package contains a cell phone. And it's I forget the model. It's a Nokia. And it was like the most sought after cell phone. <laughs> going in 1999 when this movie came out everybody wanted one of these things it was ridiculous and it was called the banana phone uh, just just that that little satisfying click when yes. you when when it like snaps open like whoa that was yeah, yeah exactly. that was that was that was high tech that was the the, yep. the pinnacle of technology exactly. back then and honestly did, that did it play yeah. snake it probably did because if it didn't play snake i don't want nothing to do with it <laughs> i like that one little nokia that was like this big and like yeah it was that the indestructible thing? one yeah the ones you can like you could you could run it over with a steamroller. Yeah, and it would still work. Still work. Yeah, I had that one. It had a pleather case with a zipper. Yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 
so there's a cell phone in this package. As soon as he opens it and puts a cell phone in his hand, it rings. And of course, that scares the shit out of him. But he answers it. Um, and on the other end of the phone is Morpheus. Uh, so again, Neil's taken aback by the fact that he's talking to the one and only Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus tells him that they're coming for him and he needs to follow his directions to make it out. He takes a quick peek over the top of his cubicle and sees agents and cops uh, at the entrance and they're being pointed in Neil's direction. Um, the instructions really quickly. I mean, they, Morpheus tells him to go to the cubicle across from him, then down the end of the hall to an, an empty office and tells him to use the scaffolding on the outside that the window washers obviously were using to get to the roof. And it's his only way of escape. He has two choices. He can use that or he can be taken away by uh, the agents. Um, and, and, you know, thinking about it, Neo still doesn't know the true nature of these agents. They to him, they look like whatever FBI, NSA or whatever they are. You know, and that's what he thinks they are. So the worst thing that will happen to him and we'll learn in a minute in his thinking is that he'll get arrested. Um, he tries. He gets out on the ledge. Um, he panics. He drops the cell phone. Uh, tries to get over, but he can't. He completely panics. So in the uh, in the very next scene, Trinity's on a bike outside, on a motorcycle outside, and she watches Neo in handcuffs being put into the agent's car. So mm. we're in trouble. I love uh, that sequence, man. That yeah, it, it ramped up the tension so much. Yes, and like I remember seeing this for the first time, not really knowing what this movie was about. Yeah. At this point in the movie, like you can still feel like, oh, this is about a group of hackers trying yep, to recruit yep. this other hacker. At, at this yeah. point in the movie, I'm still invested. I'm like, oh, this is good. Now, the yeah. one the one scene I would have added here, though, I would have actually added something to this movie, like not taken away like I normally want to do. But I would have had like one of the agents on the ground and the cell phone like land next to him. And then they look up and see him up there and like he's up there out the window. And then like it just extended that scene a little longer. But they don't have to because. They, yeah, all right, yeah. We'll I just thought it would have been cool. Like, no, I agree. I don't disagree with you. I, agree. I, I, think, I think it was. I think it was more about him uh, because he said, "I can't do this." So this is right. this is this is us seeing his vulnerability, his, yep. uh, you know, his trepidation about any of this stuff, and it's like, I, I'm, "I'm not going to do this. I'm not going. I don't even know what I'm risking my life for. What I'm running right. away from these guys for? What?" So I think it was it was meant to be a character yes. moment for him to say. I, I can't do this. This is too crazy. And I'm just going to let him take me. It, for, for, it, it'll be fine. For me, that yeah. part, that didn't come across like that when I was watching it. I was just like, I was just scared. I didn't get that. Nah, like, which I understand well, that makes sense. I just didn't, I didn't get that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. And I, I agree, Mark. I mean, yes, it's definitely a setup for, um, call it Neo, uh, 1.0. Okay. Also in yeah. that scene, yeah. um, Keanu Reeves actually was outside of a building on 34th floor. Really? Yeah. When they saw you know, that. honestly, I was about to say, you know, I'm still impressed whenever they do a scene like that where someone's looking over a window yeah. or of a building. I'm like, man, I st I'm still, you know, in awe of how they do that. But right. he was actually, well, then again, you got Tom Cruise doing that thing yeah, in the um, right. uh, Mission Impossible where he literally was. Yeah. Remember, you know, Mission yeah. Impossible came out four, 3, years, four years before this. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And no, <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't have nothing else to add. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Three times the budget. Um, so uh, we cut from Neo being taken in the agent's car to um, a bank of video surveillance screens showing Neo in an interrogation room. And uh, one cool thing to note is that one of the, one of the film techniques that the Wachowskis used is when you're, when they're in the matrix, all the blue is removed from, from the film all right it's got a greenish tint to it only in the real world does the actual real world lighting show up and it's subtle it's very subtle but even in these in these screens it's it's got a greenish tint to it um so we see him in a uh, in the interrogation room and there is so those screens that we're looking at show up in the second yeah so, so supposedly that's uh that's the the architect, the architect actually watching, watching right. yeah, the screens which right I, I i guess is i'm not sure if that was it was intentional it wasn't their plan because they didn't i don't think on, so either they didn't plan on having a second or third movie correct if it was up to the wachowskis it two and three never would have happened right. especially four um so um the agents, the three agents walk in. Uh, we we already know that, you know, Agent Smith is the lead agent. Uh, dudes, what are the, the other two agents have names, but 
they're never well, made in the movie. It's just in the cast list. And I don't remember what they are. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they ever. They never spoke, say. They never their introduce names. their names. Yeah, they never no, do. It's just all about Smith. They never say their names, yeah. but in the cast they are. But yeah, that's, that's fine. Lonnie and Donnie. Yes, Daryl, Daryl, and Daryl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Right, exactly. That's my. So, that's Daryl, my other brother, Daryl. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Smith sits down and drops a pretty thick folder down on the table. He opens it up, um, and it's basically has Neo's whole life story in it. Um, there's a picture of his passport in there, and his driver's license, and all sorts of records on him, and everything. Um, there's some continuity errors in that thing. One shows his birth date is 1962. No, the passport shows 1971, I think. Um, so it's it's there for effect more than anything. Um, he basically gives Neo an ultimatum or a choice. Uh, Neo can give up Morpheus, and they will allow him to go back to his life as if nothing happened, um, and everything will be fine. Now, I say he gives him a choice. He doesn't express the second option, but, you know, Again, Neo still being rooted in his quote real life in the Matrix. His his reply is to flip off Smith, and um, and by the way, he does the middle finger flip off correctly, extending the whole finger and pulling all the other fingers down completely, not this half salute shit that some people do. I don't know. I think he doesn't do it as good as Peter Quill. Yeah. Well, that's the first. I remember in a Top Gun when uh when um. Oh God, I'm I'm drawing a blank on on Goose's real name, the actor's real name, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, thank you. And he yeah. he gives him the finger, and it has this weird where his knuckles right oh, yeah, are, yeah. are connected, salute. and it's bullshit. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> that, a, I was like, who? Yes, I've never seen anyone give the nope. middle finger like like that. Is the weirdest. Why would you? Because right. to me, it takes more energy to try to get your 100%. fingers into that. I was like, yeah, what, yeah. what is he yeah, doing? Can, the, only, the only thing I can make sense of it was it sort of mimics. Like an F eighteen kind of like you know with the with so wait, the, yeah. wait what's the, with, with the nose? Way? The proper way is to extend is, the middle finger completely, okay, right. and so tuck all your other fingers down into your hands. So I the middle like finger is like it's not. Yeah, that's the wrong way. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's that's he's the right something. way because the problem is my middle finger is so fucking long that it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck you, Doug. That's not the only like, thing that's wrong. You, Doug. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I so, yeah, this thought when I when I was watching this scene, like you know, for everything being made out of computer data, he's got a lot of fucking paper on that desk. I know. Like, seems I know. counterintuitive. Well, I, and of course that was you know just a way to. If anything, just to make him feel like okay, yes. this is a regular thing. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, yeah, he could have just as easily just brought out like a. You know, it's it's supposed to be the year like I think it's like the year twenty seventy or the twenty eighty or something stupid. Uh, so you could have you no, know, it's ninety nine in the Matrix. In the Matrix, no, no, it's ninety nine, right? But in, in right. the real world, oh, in the real world, it's a hundred years later. Yeah, twenty one ninety nine. But I mean, oh, twenty one. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Morpheus explains that somewhat in his explanation to Neo, and then later, later in the film, Smith explains it even more to Morpheus when he's interrogating him. Oops, shit, I let it slip. Um, so. Neo gives him the finger and asks for his phone call. Um, he, he mentions he's not going to fall for these, these Gestapo tactics. Um, and he, he wants his phone call. Um, and this line is, it's just so good. It's, Tell me, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> you know, what good is a phone call when you're unable to speak? And I, I also read that, that, um, 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 yeah. What's his name? The actor. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. Yes. Him. Um, he, he figured out that he wanted to do sort of an ambiguous accent. So it's not quite American English. It's not quite Australian. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to sound like an old time newscaster. And um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne actually started calling him Cronkite because <laughs> <laughs> he is sort of delivering that in that old timey news guy, you know, speak. Um, and he's barely, he's, he's barely opening his lips. He's like, yeah. Mr. Anderson, like it's, it's yes. he's just yeah. using as little energy as possible. Exactly. To, exactly. To, to enunciate his words. Yeah. Uh, so as he says this, Neil realizes suddenly that he cannot speak. Um, and then things take <laughs> things, things take a step further and Neil's mouth actually seals shut. And it's a, it's a pretty cool effect. Um, mm. You know, his mouth seals shut and it actually his mouth actually disappears. So he obviously starts freaking out. Um, the other two agents grab him and throw him on the table. 
Um, they rip open his shirt and Agent Smith reaches in his pocket and pulls out a bug uh, in quotes. Um, it starts off looking like a, you know, a metal, you know, what we think is an electronic bug. Um, but as soon as he takes it out and shakes it, it turns into an actual mechanical bug with tentacles and, you know, little feelers and everything. Um, he puts it on Neo and it immediately crawls in through his navel into his body. Um, yeah, it's pretty trippy. I thought it was pretty cool. Still um, gives me the willies. Ugh. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, that was a prosthetic, uh, you know, upper torso that they did it on. Um, and I, I thought they did it pretty well. Um, so once this happens, Neil, then we, we quickly jump to his apartment where Neil wakes up in a start and thinking it was all a nightmare. He checks his belly. Everything's fine. You know, he just thought he had a nightmare. Um, again, the phone immediately rings. Um, and this time it's Morpheus telling Neo that he is the one. And we'll learn more about that. Probably another Jesus reference. And uh, that Morpheus has been looking for him his entire life. Um, he tells Neo to go to the Adam Street Bridge, uh, where he's picked up by Trinity, and we meet two new characters, part of the crew, Switch and Apoc. Um, we it's a- cool. we actually meet the most important character in this entire movie now, too. Who's that? That's 64 Lincoln Continental with yeah, the suicide cool? doors. I love that I would love car. to have one of those. Right? That's right? such a sexy car. Beautiful yeah, car. I agree. Yeah. You know? Um, so, really cool, quick thing about, about uh, Switch the character was named Switch because the Wachowskis wrote it so that within the Matrix, Switch was to be a male character, and outside the Matrix, Switch was to be a female character. Mm. But guess who poo-pooed that idea? Warner Brothers. Okay? Because <laughs> they, again, you know, Mr. and Mrs. John Q. America couldn't handle that shit in 1999. So that, that, that right there tells you how different things were even only 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Warner Brothers definitely had some issues back in that day yes, time period. Also, exactly. Let's, exactly. let's not forget so, the network, the WB. So they, yeah. they just they just found a, a, a sort of a a butch sort of looking um, yes. a woman instead. To figure, well, exactly. We'll, we'll exactly. Try, try to get somewhere in there. So we're just kind of yeah, just just get someone that's with a yeah. short haircut and yep. chiseled features. Yeah. But having learned that now, it was such a cool idea. And it would mm. have been really cool. So again, this points to the fact that even then, and probably their whole lives, the Wachowskis, you know, felt this and and they eventually, you know, followed through on it and transitioned because, you know, that's where they felt comfortable in their skin. So they were trying to demonstrate that even in the Matrix. Um, they obviously went on to more direct, you know, references to it in subsequent things like Sense8 and other movies and TV shows that they've done. Um so it's, 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 it's still yeah. weird though, because I looked, I watched the, watched the movie and then I watched some of the behind the scenes and, and, and you know, they, they just kind of look like to like Beavis and Butthead, you know, they're, yeah, know. they, they were dressed in like, you know, like a dirty t-shirt and a, yeah. and a like a flannel over top and their hats on backwards. And, yep. and they just look like two guys that, right. you know, shower twice a month, you know, kind of yeah. thing. But <laughs> um, it just uh, essentially like the the epitome of Kevin Smith, right? They were Kevin Smith's <laughs> during that time. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was it was really it was interesting to all of a sudden see the OK, they transitioned. Well, at least for for Lana, for, you know, for the for Andy, like it was like, OK, wow. And then what is it like? five six years ten years later the yeah. other brother goes i'm like right exactly okay, that's yeah that's lana weird. was first and then yeah lily, lily was, was yeah, after. much second yeah yeah much well after. after exactly and hey look it's a personal thing and you know it, there's it's your timetable you know yeah. so yeah. um yeah other weird thing that i found yeah. about this is first of all just in general i'm not a fan of the like on the nose nicknames like like you said, switch or that. I mean, I understand what what, what the thing is. But I'm not I'm like that. Or his name's Cipher because he does computers. Or his name is Tools because he does like mechanic work. Like, but the irony of it is, in the real world they have the stupid ass like avatar name, and in the fake world they have a real name. Mm. <laughs> Instead of the opposite way, as it would be like like in the real world you have a real name, and then when you go online you have some stupid ass fucking nickname. Right. Yeah. New Master Sixty Nine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say, yeah, if anything, they, they had it was easier back then to have a screen name that was just one one word yeah, versus true. now. Yeah, it right. have to be Trinity three four four underscore, underscore <laughs> uh, exclamation <laughs> point star star. <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, Trinity with two asterisks. Yourself that way. Exactly. She's like, Trinity, you know, 1984 at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Tr- Trinity at CompuServe.com. Com- yeah. 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 I'm really yeah. glad that I was able to get um, for our, our show email. If anyone wants to email us for some reason, it's the MOTCU at gmail.com. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you start? You have an Angel Fire website? Yeah. GeoCities. Of course, GeoCities. Yeah, you got to have a GeoCity site. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in the car, uh, Trinity's Trinity's talking to um, <laughs> to Neo, and uh, you know, it, it's sort of trying to get him ready for what's what's happening and you know what they need him to do. Uh, but first, they've got to check for the bug. They think he's bugged, <laughs> and we know he is. So uh, Trinity pulls out this amazing apparatus. It's like a almost like a steampunk kind of thing with you know old style analog gauges and you know electronics, and of course it glows green like everything else. And it can um, be powered put, by a cigarette lighter. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> hey, look, that is an old Lincoln. So that thing it's had true. balls. That's all right? true. Yeah, wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with my Kia, Joe. All right. uh, might well, work with your obviously. car but definitely the balls in that old that old Lincoln it had the juice right? yeah so that shit had an engine that's bigger than your car oh exactly I no, please I know um but surprisingly so, produced less horsepower yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so she puts this thing up against his belly button it attaches to him and she has to guide it to find the bug um which is kind of on the move but it captured they capture it it sucks out of his belly button and, you know, Neo's comment is, Jesus Christ, that thing was real. <laughs> and at least he's unbugged. She tosses it out the window and it dies. So they, they can't track them, at least for the moment. Um, but no, we are, this bug, yeah. though, like, see, I felt this whole thing was unnecessary. Like, why? Because it literally happened one scene and then one scene later it was gone. Like, it didn't serve any purpose to forward the plot or anything. It was literally just, look, we can put this cool little bug in him and then suck it out. Like, yeah, but it doesn't slow the plot either. But it wasn't it, necessary. It, yeah, it, it looked cheesy. That, it gives it that 90 degree turn from, oh, this is a hacker movie to like, oh, there's like some other right. shit happening. Exactly. And the you closed know. mouth mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. I just thought those are both like stupid, like unnecessary things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you a little bit because you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't don't do necessarily that, do it. Mark, don't but do that. but <laughs> what I was, was going to say was what I was going to say. Only you'll to, only just yeah. <laughs> to, to, to defend it. This is also how we get some type of character moment with uh with with switch because she doesn't really yes. have a whole lot yeah. and apoc well, as well all i'm saying so, is maybe like if they're gonna put the bug in him and suck it out have it do something first have them like get somewhere and then they realize that they've been like not like they instantly know the bugs already in him like have it like oh shit he's bugged now we have to solve a problem because of this bug not just like here's a cool thing we're gonna put this in and suck it out a scene later like it just seemed I, like it I was pointless i see what you're saying yeah, man. i understand i understand yeah. but it, but it does like, get I, five points from me because you've introduced now some body horror into this movie that i wasn't yes. expecting yeah, i mean exactly. i can see why they didn't just give it a purpose <laughs> like yeah well who's to say we don't see the car if we don't have that bug scene Oh yeah, good point. Well, uh, yeah, say, we, I mean, we don't, we don't, we look, don't. This, we, this we, without, the, without the bug, we don't get the car, and then, yeah. and then the, your main character look, is no I'm longer I'm going to tell you already. This movie's already getting 0. 0.5 for me for that car, and another 0. 0.5 for Rage Against the Machine at the end. So that's a whole point I just got out of two <laughs> wow, things. So we're gonna, he's going to give it a two instead of a one. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I like the idea of this movie. It's the execution right. that's flawed. Okay, but that's right. the Warner Brothers, like you said. I'm going to blame you it all on Warner Brothers. Everything has to do Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, all right. So on that note, we're going to take <laughs> our first break, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, guys. We've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah. You know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I called it first. I'm yeah, hosting we, Jeopardy. Are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers 
Oh yeah, you fact, can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Oh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work pics if if you want. <laughs> Not safe for your eyes, picks in my case, but not safe for anything, picks. Yeah, but yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Take a look at all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way, from stickers to T-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah, the tiers started at a dollar, a dollar a month. Come on, folks. That's it. Yep, one buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal! Yeah, guys, right? check it out again. Patreon.com/slash/motcu. And then enjoy this week's movie.